welcome to Life Pairings, where two Canadian alcohol connoisseurs mix life events and libations. Hello, I'm Carla Richards. And I'm Brittany Lysing. And, and this, this is Life Pairings. Because life is hard. So pair it with alcohol. Red rum, red rum, red rum. As today's life pairing is The Shining with the Jackknife Cocktail. We discuss Houdini, Dr. Phil, and Disassociation. Oh, I like the last one. This is part of our spooky month uh, of episodes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Scary stuff. The Shining, Um, probably known as one of the scariest-ish of movies. Yeah. Scariest movies ever made. One of the best. Have you seen it before? What's that? Sorry? Had you seen it before? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've seen uh, sort of accidentally, not because I wasn't really like a huge fan of it, but I've seen Hmm. uh, uh, Room 2, whatever it is. Is it 37? Yeah. I'm now confused because I read about the other, uh, the other, the real room. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I've I've seen the, I've seen The Shining back in the day, like young, young. I've probably Mm -hmm. seen it probably 10 times in my life. I never remember all the parts though. Right. And I'll always catch it on TV, which hilariously, like three days ago, was just yeah. on TV. I hadn't oh. rewatched it. So I was like, oh, perfect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's always parts missing when it's on TV and it's always like right. chopped up. So it's not the the big experience. I'll have to redo it again. Yeah. It's, it's always this film that's just, it's seemingly always on. And I've definitely watched it a million times, but I'm always, sur- I'm surprised by parts every time. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Have you seen it lots? I've seen it, yeah, maybe like three or four times, kind of every, you know, we kind of do a movie thing every October, and so it comes up in, you know, in the routine or whatever you want to call it, in the, uh, every few times. I'm not a big fan of Stanley Kubrick. You're Um, not a big fan of Stanley Kubrick? No, I mean, 2001 was pretty good, but that's... You didn't like uh, Eyes Wide Shut? I didn't, to be fair, I haven't seen Eyes Wide Shut. I Eyes Wide Shut. I want to watch it. Was it good? Yeah, I mean, it's it's Nicole Kidman and Tom. Uh, what's his nuts? Uh, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Yeah. Just having endless amounts of hot people sex. So I don't. Right. It's just them, like sort of in an orgy. It's like they go to an orgy. Right. It's just like who you are, and it's a whole different thing. But it's just very Stanley Kubrick. It's very like, yeah. Um. And this, I'll dive into this in a little bit. It's always a, just a complete mind fuck. Yeah. Like everything he's doing is just, oh my God, what was that supposed to mean? Right. Right. Like, which I feel this whole movie is. Every time I watch it, I'm like, am I missing something? Yeah. I think what you're missing is content. That's my opinion now. Um, because this is all based on Stephen King's novel, The Shining. Right. And. Famously, he hates this film. Interesting. Um, I can kind of see why. I mean, I think it's a very beautiful film, but character-wise and like acting-wise, it's not well. Great. Jack Nicholson's Actually, the over actor of the year. <laughs> yes, like it's like and, he, 
there should be like a class on like how unless you're jack nicholson don't yeah. do this yes exactly christian slater calm down don't be a little <laughs> little mini jack nicholson actually the little boy danny i think he did mm-hmm. like a fucking fantastic job he was the best actor of the whole bunch <laughs> Oh yeah, he was fantastic because the mom was a, a the mom was over the top oh. too. Which, Are you going to talk about that the like that side of the psychology thing that happened to her? Oh well, yeah, I was going to kind of touch on everything okay. because okay. um, here's the thing. Well, I was going to mention too. It, it is in the realm of horror film to be mm-hmm. campy, to be over oh, the totally. top, to yes. be like creaky noises, big music, big movements, um. Because there's this whole idea that it's like, you're supposed, these people are, I mean, there's a million different, again, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is, they're so, it's a hard to, I don't even know where to start. There's so many things because <laughs> some people say this is a psychological thriller. It's not necessarily a horror movie. That's a big, right. uh, there's a big camp yeah. for that being like, it's his descent into madness. So like, then there's the yeah. camp, the place is haunted and they're possessed and every moment of their bad behavior is uh just due to this house but right i don't i mean i'm re- i read a lot of different articles on this because it was just like mm. everybody seemingly has a different position on anything kubrick does which is just like mm-hmm. no there was did you see the mug in the background it meant this and i'm like oh my god this is so much to fucking digest yeah there's um, actually a documentary i think it's called room 237 on netflix i believe we started watching it and it's supposed to be all the conspiracy theories about this yeah, and I think one of the executive producers, because obviously Stanley Kubrick's not alive anymore, um, and he was like, "That is all bullshit. Like, there's nothing. Like, what you see is kind of what's going on. Like, there, we weren't trying to show that the yeah, there's like you, there's the like landing or there's rabbit holes where adjacent, uh, like a throw to the treatment of indigenous people in America. Yeah, there's like a take that. on that because it's on yeah. like." Uh, uh, forgive forgive the old term but it was on um, Indian burial ground so yeah. like this is haunted by the spirits of uh, people who are uh, underneath this thing and so there's that realm so what I so I read an article that's pretty cool and it's called psychological or supernatural oh. so because this article goes into the idea that first of all this is a a story about an alcoholic who abuses his child and a wife who makes it all seem like it's not happening all the time. Yeah, which is, uh, yeah, that is basically what the film is. So the idea that they go to this house and everything bad starts there is not true. Right. So it, it it's more, if you really look at it, it's like an alcoholic who uh, says he's going to create his best work while he's there. Mm-hmm. who's like a failed a failed you know professional yeah. he's he's there and he's not achieving it and they're by themselves and they're isolated so there's like they start to be isolated he starts to not do well and he kind of just starts to descent into madness which is now is that because this hotel is haunted and everybody that goes there descends into madness or is it the story of a person descending into madness and sort of taking his family with him yeah yeah that's a very good question i'm guessing it's a combination of all those things i think because so one thing they say about like danny sir is is that Mm -hmm. he has like a like a psychological disease called a disassociation disorder 
which oh if, split person well it used to be it's called a, it's essentially like a yeah like in the realm of split personality it's like it's they call it borderline oh. anything they call borderline is like i don't really have a, have a hard time understanding i'm like borderline yeah. what um but it's basically like oh. if for those that don't know he's creating a lot of like the whole movie he's like creating imaginary friends like when he's talking about tony the little boy who lives in his mouth mm-hmm. you know and he's like oh he talks for him and tells him what to do kind of thing Right, and, and he like, kind of like to be fair, he does kind of fracture. Like he doesn't remember when yeah. Tony takes over. He Tony takes over, and he's like he then becomes like possessed, and ne- like nowadays they'd call that it's called uh, disassociate or disassociative identity disorder, and then formally called mul- multiple personality disorder. So it's right. basically when kids start to like experience any trauma, that's typically where it stems from is kids mm-hmm. uh, having any sort of young trauma and they start to like create other versions of themselves to deal with that trauma. Right. So they're right. not really becoming other people. There's not, Tony doesn't really live in his mouth. Right. But he is then saying like, I'm too weak. I'm going nine night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't handle my father screaming in my face anymore. Mm-hmm. And breaking my arm. And me yeah, breaking his fucking arm. Like, and there's, and, and from the beginning, he's, he's not a nice guy. No, and I think this is one of the criticisms that Stephen King had on this is that he's supposed to be an every, everyday man. Yeah. Um, with alcoholism problems, obviously. Um, and per- chance and beating beating of his relatives and family um like when he beats the shit out of his wife (laughs) (laughs) yeah but jack nicholson and i mean this is the other thing too is he had just come off of uh one flew over the cuckoo's nest right so he was already like he would have been easily identified as like oh this guy's a crazy person right and jack nicholson obviously is a little over the top sometimes so I think that's one of the criticisms of the film is that he was kind of crazy going in. Right. Whereas I think what they kind of want to talk about is like, not only is it, it this psychological problem, but that the, the uh, hotel makes it so much worse. Well, the ice and the, again, that's the isolation. The isolation. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's like taking something and then putting it under a giant microscope mm-hmm. because there's no real. And then, so then you start to wonder, okay, so what the fuck is going on here? Is he going crazy? Is there ghosts? Is the butler, the bartender? What is happening? Right. Is there really like little people on tricycles running around? Is everyone seeing ghosts? <laughs> like the whole time I'm like, is this place haunted or are they just nuts? Like what is so going I think on? They, do they all see ghosts? Well, the little boy does. The little boy does. And then she does. The, she sees the bear fucking somebody. Yes. Which I rewinded because I was scream laughing because I was just like, I know, is this it, how furry started? It's very like just like a throw you're like what what do we what (laughs) and then it never comes back up again well it never comes back it will also i don't know if you noticed this but she really kind of doesn't start seeing um till things till later like she's the straight man kind of yeah definitely and even like my my husband pointed out that the character is a little bit confusing because at the beginning she's the one operating the boiler she's the one making the call and chatting to like the local police station or whatever like, yeah. she seems kind of like, I run the family and this is whatever. 
And then she just devolves into this like screaming mess of a lady. The one thing that I kept thinking when I was watching it, um, do you remember when uh, in The Simpsons, when Mr. Burns, I think like falls into radioactive and he comes yeah, like, yeah. he's an <laughs> he's alien. Good. His eyes are wide this, open. Like, and his like arms are all kind of floppy around as he moves. Yeah. Like that's all I saw when she was running around. I was like, yeah. <laughs> but that but 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 that might seem like it might seem like a, a sort of a departure from her character but it that suits mm-hmm. the storyline then if that's the case then they're all becoming like the either the worst versions of themselves or they're becoming right. less than who they were because he he's potentially you know m- maybe not this crazy but he's he's definitely like an alcoholic and he's a this and he's mm-hmm. a that and then he becomes murderous, you know. Yeah, and then yeah, that the- didn't really make a lot. Of, I I think because it's a, they had to do it in a film and it's from a book, like it. Yeah, you missed the like. I'm like, I don't understand why he went crazy so quickly. Like it didn't seem there was enough build up. Well, yeah, it's. I mean, it's. I. It just kind of they skipped. It was like yeah. they he moved. Which into- is a very like that's horror movies in general, right? Like why does. <laughs> Why does Michael Myers run around killing people? I don't know. Yeah. If that's, I'm sure they've in the 150 Halloween movies they've probably come up with some kind of psychological thing. But well, yeah, and I, well, this is. I mean, he's they're there, and it's pretty quickly that he start I, he starts noticing things. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, wait a minute, you're the no, that's not right. You're this yeah. person, and then at the end, he's there's just. A, picture right so then it's just like and then i tried to look that up i'm like why is he in the picture from a different year blah 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 and then it was just like to represent that there's no passage of time in that hotel it's all the same it's like a it's like a a, i don't know like sucks you in and you're there forever yeah and i had kind of read that it was it was intuitive and whatever indicative let's say of um, that the hotel will always pull you back in. Yeah. But then it doesn't really, but this, okay, so this only works. I don't know if you then went on, did you watch Dr. Sleep? I've seen Dr. Sleep, but it's been a long okay. time. Oh, is that, who, who, which one is John, is John Cusack in one of these? No, that's uh, room. That's room 216, which is, is totally different. Yeah. Oh, it's a I different thing entirely. A, I don't know if that's the Stephen King or not. I can't remember. Um, but Dr. Sleep is the sequel with Ewan McGregor. It's right. very good. I would 100%. We saw it a while ago, and we were like, yeah, that's fine. Uh, and then we watched The Shining. And, <clears throat> excuse me. And then a couple of days later, we watched Dr. Sleep, and it's so much better to have, like, they did a really good job of combining the two films. Okay. Um, and it it kind of I saw the one where he more. goes back to the hotel to uh, make peace. So a reporter goes back to the hotel to write a story on the hotel. That's the one I saw. Oh, I don't. That's the John Cusack film. So that's a totally different. It's a totally different thing. Totally different thing. This one has Ewan McGregor. Um, there's people that are that that are chasing children that have this shine. Oh, I have you know? not seen this. Okay, you should definitely watch it. It's very very good and kind of goes into like the supernatural side of the like the Shining a lot more. Um, Interesting, but then still very much keeps with this sort of character because it's Danny when he's like whatever age Hugh McGregor is yeah. um and sort of this yeah anyways it's 
I would highly, highly recommend it. Um, it's also I done hate to by keep circling Mike. this in my own brain, but I've seen no, it. That's I okay. know I've I've a hundred percent seen this. I just there's can't. like a lot. There's um uh they have like a caravan of like um trailer trailer park stuff. Like there was yeah, I've parks. definitely seen okay. it. It's just been a long time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Go- now that you've rewatched The Shining, it makes it so much more enjoyable and understandable. Um, to watch it, but. Um, it's also directed by Mike Flanagan, who does the House on Haunted Hill and recently Ooh, okay. Murder. Uh, what is it called? No, Midnight Mass. Uh, right, which is out now, which I'm excited yeah. to see. Um, Very yeah, good. a lot less overacting than <laughs> the Shining. <laughs> but again, too, that I think that's like indicative of that time period as well. Like, it, oh, when, totally. when was The Shining made? What was the, the 70s? year? Yeah, I probably look that up. Yeah, you I think we were seventy eight. About- <laughs> <laughs> just like, just, hey google um uh, no dude <laughs> it's definitely like it's it's just that was the timing and the, that this was the mm-hmm. genre totally and you're right like it, i've not seen a horror movie without overacting in it even like dr sleep there's a bit of that too Ooh, 1980 uh, 1980 okay so yep i guess filmed in the 70s i always like kind of associate Kubrick with the 70s, I guess, because it may be Clockwork Orange, although that was quite a bit before. Oh no, that's, I don't know. <laughs> I, you oh, know what, that's the wrong thing here. Going down I've never seen, uh, I've never seen Clockwork Orange, but I only hear people ever reference it when they hate something They're like, oh, my eyes were just taped open like Clockwork Orange. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can't, I will never watch that film. I watched saw it on TV once and it was during like the rape scene and I was like, Oof. you're like, oh, no, thank I'm you. Like, I don't understand why this is a, like, not funny, but I don't know what it is. Anyways, um, back to sorry, back to the psycho psychology of the. Well, yeah, I mean, honestly, it's just it's it's an interesting it's an interesting look. I mean, you can you can be like you could you could the takeaway from this movie could be that this is a horror movie. It's supernatural. It's about ghosts. It's about being mm-hmm. possessed. It's about being this, or you could take a little bit more of a psychological stab at it. And and think like okay, this was his he, the isolation drove them into madness, and the madness was could only be represented in this way. And right. you're kind of just seeing a really um, over exaggerated and maybe overacted version <laughs> of that. I yeah. don't even mean that to throw to throw stones here. I I just mean oh, like yeah, yeah. as a that that could be the thing, right? I mean, yeah, it, this is you this, could be. It, I mean, now I wonder too. Like now that we've all been in uh, isolation. Yeah. Uh, how do we all feel? Like, do we feel a lot more connected? I think, I think that if you like, uh, that's the thing. It, it, I feel it did drive everybody a little mad, you know, and mm-hmm. still continuing to like this yep. isolation and being away from people and being just the threat of it is almost like P it's almost like post-traumatic stress uh, disorder mm-hmm. we have from COVID where it's like every time there's a threat that it could all stop again. Yeah. You're like, I can't do it. I can't do it again. And yeah. this, like, this, like, inconsistency and this no, no promise of tomorrow is is a hard way to live. So I think, yeah. I think if you you do, if you put your thumb on anything and press hard enough, you're going to see, you're going to get, you know, people going well, crazy. And, and like you said, it's kind of this, that you know, there's no tomorrow or the fact that tomorrow is going to be the exact same. 
Oh, and that's, that's you know, like that's kind of they. She seems Wendy, I think, is her name, right? Um, Wendy. Yep. She seems to sort of have a schedule and like be doing okay, whereas he also writers should not actually be isolated. <laughs> do not. We do need like time to write, but don't leave us on our own. We're already in a fictional world that doesn't have normal people. <laughs> in it. Not- don't leave us by ourselves in a hotel in the middle of nowhere. That's not a great idea. That's a. That's a. That's what will, people will then go crazy and murder people. That's what happens. That's what um, happens. <laughs> <laughs> I think what we've all learned is that's what happens when you leave yeah. writers in a hotel. Um, <laughs> There is this thing, though, like of mounting stress and and mm-hmm. and things not coming out, you know, like he, he's not seeing any success and he's yeah. now in front of his family and it's just him. And one thing I learned, like in the isolation of COVID, mm-hmm. if you don't like you and if oh, you're not OK God, with fucked. being with you, it's a hard yeah. day because mm-hmm. if you just hide from everything by being around other people, like, you know, if you're if your whole day depends on what others are doing. It's very hard mm-hmm. to be isolated. And apparently, actually, right leading into that, apparently every time he sees a ghost, there is a mirror present. Interesting. Yeah. So he's seeing like himself. Even... He's seeing versions of himself, yes. potentially. Yeah. So that goes back to your theory that, that they're not real, that this is like a, a thing. Descent into and it's just his, yeah. Just his reflection. So, yeah. Um, I guess this was, where did I go here? Uh and this is just like a uh, a guy named Aaron Balak, apparently, mm-hmm. <laughs> who wrote a blog, who is okay. a psychologist. So you can check that out on AaronBalak.com. Yeah. That was my, my reference point for that. Um, yeah, hit us up with a little history. All right. So I'm going to talk about the, uh, so it's the Overlook Hotel in the film and in the book, but it's actually based on a real hotel called the Stanley Hotel. Oh, so Freeland Oscar Stanley. Freeland's not a name that we use anymore. That should come back. I like hey, Freeland. I don't know a lot of Freelands. I'll tell you that. No, no. Uh, anyways, he was the inventor of the dry plate photography and also the Stanley steam engine. In 1903, at the age of 54, he was diagnosed with tuberculosis. So he was advised to go get fresh air uh, with his wife, Flora. And uh, they were sent off to Colorado for this, you know, for the, the for the better air for his tuberculosis. Basically, they were sending him off to die, essentially. Um, and eventually, they ended up in the wild outpost of Estes Park. Mm-hmm. And uh, Stanley had been given six months to live before he went on this trip to Colorado. And he actually survived the summer and really believed in this kind of summer retreat idea. He actually lived till he was 91. So evidently, it worked out quite well. So <laughs> he determined to turn Estes Park into a resort town. It was by a national park, but this was kind of still early. Like people weren't camping as much in like 1901. Uh, you know, it was before. They didn't have mech yet. So what were they? Oh, okay. Like uh, like just like outdoor uh, outdoor equipment. <laughs> yes. So we're yeah, talking about outdoor, outdoor wear? Yeah doorwear but he actually built a hydroelectric plant in the mountains so he could have uh, electric power at this house that he was building so it opened in 1901 a hundred room east colonial style house that's in quotes because it's real big 
Uh, it was an invite-only place for his friends and family. And this was generally like kind of the um, the fancy rich people time. I think he it must have been out of like New York or at least out of the East Coast. And so he really wanted to bring society, you know, uh, to to this. And so they even had like they had a concert hall. Harry Houdini performed there at one point. You know, they it was very that kind of glamorous time. Right. It was like it seemingly of the time that they would have these places that like kind of the rich and famous or the elite mm-hmm. went to and celebrated in a very fancy way. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh he then sold it in nineteen thirty and it was gonna be turned into a hotel. But it was not very successful, like I said, because, you know, there wasn't this sort of, we didn't think about this sort of summer retreat thing as much in the 30s. Also, by the way, 1930, depression, not a lot of money. Uh, And so they didn't even have heat until 1979. The hotel didn't? No. So it was all like coal furnaces or what? Or like just didn't have have heat. It just didn't have heat. Or AC, for that matter. How would the... Uh, that's crazy. How would it? I know. In the winter, what do you do? So they they just shut it down. Okay, which so that's tracks kind of for this. From. Yes. Um, I will point out this is a weird fact. It has a hedge maze, just which like is so crazy. Though. But you know what? It was only added in 2016. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, say they were just getting annoyed with people asking where it was. Uh, because they, so know they just that the made book it was based on this they were just like fine <laughs> we'll make a maze yeah, well <laughs> that's so our time to just be like it's in the movie and they're like mm-hmm. i know but like that's hollywood and we don't yeah. that not everything is real and also they didn't even film the movie here they filmed it um where was it at it was in um oregon at, a, at the timberland I think it's called the Tim- oh Timberline Lodge in Oregon. So it wasn't even filmed there. But people still totally associated with this. So anyways, the hotel's not going so well. But Stephen King, he's a young up-and-coming writer. Uh, and he was looking for an isolated setting for his new novel. And the locals suggested he check out Estes Park. This, uh, I think it was a town at that point. And to, to look at this hotel... This was 1974, and this became the inspiration for his book, The Shining, and the Ooh. Overlook Hotel in The Shining. So apparently, he's, he was in room 217, not 237. Mm-hmm. I'll get him that later. And they were the only guests because the hotel was shutting down for the season the next day. Okay, I'm going to tell you something right now. If I checked into a mm-hmm. hotel and they were like, you're the only guest, I'd be like, bye. Yes. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, no thanks. Uh, I stayed because- at that ghost hotel that's in between Vancouver and Calgary. Yeah, outside uh, of Revelstoke there. That's the Three, yeah, three yeah. Valley Gap. That's right. I think I stay. I was the only one on the floor, and I have never been so scared in my whole fucking life. Uh, yeah, that hotel is be. huge. Also, it is. Yeah, I, and in I the middle like... of nowhere, and not. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's my halfway point to Vancouver. I always take that picture, and I'm like, I'm four yeah. hours away, baby. <laughs> um, but it's like, uh, dude. Yeah, I don't know about that. 
I would rather just sleep in my car. I'd rather sleep in my fucking car, <laughs> which I've yeah. done a million times anyways. You know what's not scary? I think it's because it's know? such a big space and you just don't know where, if you're in your car, you know the things around you. Uh, you don't know yeah, and you can also above your head. You can also put it into drive and go <laughs> away the from the scary. Out. If at any yeah. point you're scared, hey, just start moving. You'll be mm-hmm. less scared. Mm-hmm. I've never once been scared driving in, in the dark, <laughs> but I am definitely scared sleeping in the dark where I could be murdered in 37 bazillion empty rooms. <laughs> so the reason they were the only guests was because the hotel was shutting down for the season the next day so very similar in the film they show up the last day when everybody's leaving and packing up and um so anyways he said it was kind of a creepy feeling to be there but he dreamt that night of a fire hose chasing his screaming son down the hallway oh so, and then by the time apparently he'd woken up, he had a cigarette, he'd basically outlined the whole book. Uh, there's also a pet cemetery there on site, and that was later used for the pet cemetery book that he wrote. The It's also used as a filming location in Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> um, and in the film... When Kubrick was, I don't think he ever actually came over to film any of the exterior stuff. I think he stayed in Britain because most of the film was filmed in Britain. Um, on on uh, what do you call them? Stage stage sets, stages. Yep, just on. Yep, yeah, just on. Uh... Yeah. The exterior shots were filmed at the Timberline Lodge in Oregon, like I said, and the hotel had requested that they use a room number, so the one with the the ghost in the bath that they use the number of a non-existent room because they didn't want people associating their hotel with a scary thing. That makes sense because it's just like no one, it's like you could never book that room ever again. That's exactly what they thought. Or it would be the opposite and everybody would be like, hey, I want to book that room. And that is 100% what happened. So people booked 217, which is the room that Stephen King stayed in and we'll get into some other stuff and maybe it's slightly haunted. Um, so they book it at the Timberline, and they book it at the Stanley. Oh, okay. uh, it's like months to get in, I think, at least for the Stanley. So in 1911, uh, an explosion happened in room 217. The Ooh. chambermaid, Elizabeth Wilson, was, I think she was lighting a lamp, and the apparently the explosion sent her through the floor into the dining room below. <laughs> that's not I, I gotta tell you there's not enough fuel in the lamp to make that happen <laughs> I know I was like <laughs> I don't really think this is true um because the first time I read it I was, they were like oh she went through the floor and I was like oh typo and then I read it another place and I was like that's just not real <laughs> but anyways she survived that, just a series only- of just uncanny coincidences would have had to have happened like the floor would have had to give the, the- yes there would affect. And generally, when you're of... exploding, it, you're exploding it away, not like the floor is not below not, you. Like unless you were lighting the, I don't know, maybe it was above her head. Who knows? Anyways, she got away no. with only two broken ankles, so it's not even like she <laughs> died. <laughs> but apparently, um, she chose to spend her afterlife in the room. She unpacks luggage for people. She moves some items around. Turns lights on and off. God bless her cotton socks. She just stayed around to help out for a couple more centuries, yeah. huh? 
But she's not a fan of unmarried couples. So people <laughs> yeah. report that they feel a cold force coming between them. So she's that's like, I'm... that that's which one? <laughs> two one seven. Oh, that's two one seven. So hey, yeah. if you're gonna bang, go to two one eight. <laughs> yeah. Or what do you sleep um... on the floor? <laughs> um. Apparently, ghosts have been seen or reported in every room of the hotel. That seems like a lot. Uh, guests have reported the ghostly figure on the fourth floor that resembles Flora Stanley, his uh, Stanley's wife. And apparently, the ghosts don't like vacuum cleaners. <laughs> the machines have gone haywire. They turn off or plugs come flying out of the wall. So, hey, they're, you know what they're like? They're like, hey. You ever heard of just picking it up yourself? This place didn't mm-hmm. even have heat until nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> they just hate the- lays about. They hate lays abouts. Yeah, exactly. Apparently, the hotel lobby staircase, which I was trying to look at pictures, is not quite the same as you know the beautiful one in. But that was also not a real one, right? Um, the one in The Shining. Um, that's apparently a tornado of spiritual energy. Ooh. Also, going back to two one seven. So they were filming Dem and Demmer, and Jim Carrey decided he wanted to stay in room 217. Mm-hmm. And apparently only lasted three hours in the room. Really? Now, he's never said anything publicly about this. So there's, like, all these reports that he, like, ran out naked and, like, was freaking <laughs> out. Wouldn't go back in. But whatever. I think it's just, you know, a little celebrity uh, story to scare, to scare just, the They're little- just like... Also, just better. like they're like you know Jim Carrey mm-hmm. from the it's mask, the name dropping. Yeah, they're like not even Jim Carrey from the mask. You're like you know he yeah. has like quite a few more recent movies than that. They're just like, anyways, he yeah. couldn't stay he in room two one seven. Not here, not ever. Yeah, they also have reports. Well, okay, so this was I'm not sure when this was a couple years ago. I think the general manager Dave Kiani, I believe is how you say his name. Reports that one in four guests report seeing something unusual happening while they're staying at the hotel. That's a lot of reports. Uh, They kept getting positive comment cards about the old man in the bowler hat who works the front door. But guess what, Bernie? What's that? They didn't have an old man in a bowler hat working the front door. (laughs) <laughs> he was in a different hat. <laughs> no, but, that, that mm. man died thirty years ago. <laughs> so yeah, uh, apparently the fourth floor is reportedly the most haunted because that's where children and nannies room during the 1900s. Because it used to be like when you went to your friend's house, you would just take your nanny and your children and throw them on the top floor and then not have to see them the entire time. So bring it back. Bring it back. I don't know why that would haunt things. <laughs> but there's reports of laughter and running and lights flashing on and off. So children are annoying people currently still years <laughs> later. There's some theories as to why it's so haunted, if you want to believe that it's haunted. Um, there's actually an underground cave system underneath the hotel. So yeah, yeah that's but- fucking scary. That is, well, that's kind of like, so when he was running out through the tunnels, before he gets to the hedge maze, he's like escaping mm-hmm. through tunnels. Right. 
So it is oh. like talked about in it's definitely talked about for sure. Yeah. And apparently like people use these caves this cave system as like a way to get around the hotel, like people that work there. So that's fucking scary. Um but apparently the ground underneath has a high concentration of limestone and quartz. Ooh. Which is apparently a conductor of energy. So maybe yeah, well, I mean, if you believe in any of that kind of stuff, you can just, it definitely, like, dumps energy out of your body or, like, there's some neat mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, I don't want to say I'm a crystal believer because I don't want to get heat <laughs> mail, but right. there's some interesting natural stuff that comes from our Earth that is, conducts, we, we are just movers of energy. That's all we are. Right. So there's some pretty neat stuff around that, but I mean, believe what you will. <laughs> yeah. But maybe it it takes when people die, their energy stays there. Or when they die and they're not even anywhere near the fucking hotel. Yeah, it's turned it into it's basically I what I'm not, what I'm gathering is it's like that uh what it's like a black hole that just like some it's a portal. It's a hell portal. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um it also sits next to a Native American Vision Quest mountain, which I don't know if that's actually what they call it, but uh they call it Old Man. Um, so in the film, I believe, like you said, it was on a bear. It was built on a burial ground. Um, this is just next to a mountain that is sacred to the UT and the Arapaho uh, peoples. Okay. So I don't know why that makes more ghosts, but that's always a thing that people. That's always in horror movies. They're like, oh, it's because of indigenous people were here, and I'm like what are did they have ghosts that's the only place you can get ghosts i don't <laughs> well i know it it's, also oh sorry oh no it's just it's funny because people are just like "Ooh, what's a thing that would scare everybody a culture mm-hmm. no one understands yeah yeah i bet we there's more ghosts here now created genocide i mean yeah yeah <laughs> also sits at an altitude of seven thousand five hundred feet Ooh, make you a little stir so crazy. Yeah, uh, just for reference, because I was like, well, it means nothing to me. Uh, Calgary, which is quite a high city, uh, is 3,428 feet. Um, but not as high as Everest, which is 29,000 feet. Which is uh, the, the air's a little thinner up there. Yeah, I mean, base camp is 17 for Everest, so it's like kind of halfway to Everest's base camp. I yeah. uh, they did actually use the Stanley Hotel for when uh, Stephen King got to remake The Shining as a miniseries in 1997. Ooh, have you uh, watched that? You, I think I may have seen a bit of it back in 1997. Uh, are you familiar with the TV show Wings? Yes, loved Wings. <laughs> yeah, I did. Okay, so Stephen Weber. Yep. That's who played the main guy. Oh, cool. I love, okay, because I love, uh, I loved Wings. Uh, me and my mm-hmm. dad used to go, uh, so one time they were talking about how much the, they hated the one uh, chick's guy that she was dating, and then she, they, right. they're calling him a schmuck, and then she, like, yeah. comes in, and she, they're just like, schmuck, congratulations. Uh, <laughs> so me and my dad, every time we didn't like somebody, we'd go, schmuck, congratulations. <laughs> oh. Which is fun. Uh, that is from Wings. Right. But he's not exactly what I would picture in my head as. I mean, he does play kind of a baddie and I zombie, I think. Um, But yeah, uh, I think that kind of goes into the more everyday man thing that Stephen King was really 
keen on. And now back to the hotel. Uh, Guests can purchase the Ghost Adventure Package. They are assigned a room on the fourth floor with ghost hunting equipment and a mug that says red rum on it. Ooh. Yeah, I gotta say, like, what I'm like a little bit of a trigger for when things start, like when things are repeated a bunch. Yeah, like it just it starts to drive me crazy. That was something. Yeah, like the, if a scene gets repeated or it's just like it's endless beeping or some fucking thing. So hearing red rum eight million times, I was like, I'm gonna turn this movie <laughs> off. I'm gonna turn it off. Right. I just can't yeah. handle the repetition. Oh, interesting. It drives me bonkers it comes from years of working on construction sites and everything beeps oh and it'll send me up but i can remember i worked at pizza hut as like a young gal when i was like 14 and the phones would ring and the ovens would beep and i would just almost lose my it just put it i'm triggered now by beeping or repetition or if somebody answer asks me a question and then asks me again right away without leaving me time to to give them an answer I almost, yeah. there's a level of rage that exists in me that I am not proud of. Because I'm <laughs> oh, like, give no. it a fucking second! Aww. So, like, the red rum, I'm like, turn it off! Yeah. Fair. Fair. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's my history story of the hotel. If you're in Colorado and you want to... They apparently very much play into this whole ghosty thing, so... Um, Why wouldn't you? It's, ghosts, a, it's a... Exactly. Money It's kind of, they call it, like, the the disneyland of ghosts so. <laughs> there's uh, a lot of hey i mean there's a market for it a lot of people want to have a supernatural is. experience a lot of people want to yeah. connect with the other side so hey a lot of not? people have youtube videos of this a lot of people uh, I mean, get into yeah. it <laughs> i mean i'm no criticism of uh youtube videos it's fine they're doing that hey go also Thanks. just go. like i like doing stuff do stuff mm-hmm. if you want to go to a yeah. hotel and try to find ghosts do it i'm not here i to... will not be doing that <laughs> oh god no i i also I couldn't just, like, stay in the hotel i can't i don't have at the like Bam Springs I, hotel i'm afraid of the ghosts in the Bam Springs hotel. i have a lot of ghostly experiences so like me beckoning ghosts is not mm. really in my mm-hmm. something i would enjoy uh I, I, I desperately go, no, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> Stay so, on your side. Stay on your side. Yeah. I, I, there's a line for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, should we move into the, the aptly named cocktail you've chosen? Yes. Okay. I like yes. this. You want to tell the people? Tell the people what you've chosen. Tell the people. So it's called the Jack Knife Cocktail. We obviously wanted to do uh, Jack Daniels because that features um in the film i believe the quote is something like you know on the rocks and jack Daniels or jack daniels jack nicholson's like as god intended (laughs) sorry you can't Uh, see me i'm flailing my arms about like i'm a crazy person (laughs) Um, um but i believe we've already done jack daniels so we had to add something and we found this one knife and the uh, he has a knife he also has his name is jack well he has an axe he like, does he carry a knife. Oh, he wields an axe, yeah. An and axe. he chops just a like knife. a chops the snowplow yep. guy in half. Um Yeah. Yeah. Like so this drink is uh Bailey's Irish cream, which I love Bailey's, mm-hmm. and a shot of Jack Daniels. So it's basically like a shot it's ice, a shot of Bailey's and a shot of Jack Daniels. Um yeah. it's but that the way that the way it's supposed to taste is having like a, a whiskey with cream and sugar. 
but it's which pretty, I think would be all right. I think so. I, uh, I, again, we're recording multiple episodes <laughs> in the middle of the afternoon, and I just didn't yeah. feel like drinking. Uh, and I didn't feel like being drunk and having diarrhea. So yeah, I mean, it sounds like a very nice. Uh, we are in like that a very kind of time. It's very like nice nighttime. What do you call it? What's the n- nightcap? It's nightcapish. It's also just like f- wintry cold. It feels like this would mm-hmm. be perfect. It would mm-hmm. be like if you were sitting at a classy bar and you ordered a jackknife. I think it. I just think it would be a nice sort of classy drink to drink. And I yeah, love like Bailey's. Like the gold, gold lounge is that what it's called? The gold yeah, lounge. go to the gold lounge. Uh, and talk uh, to the dead people. Talk to the dead people. Or yourself. Bring a typewriter and then just scream and yell next to it. Um, yeah. Yeah, but honestly, like <laughs> it's pretty much just like pure booze. It's <laughs> yeah. This is this is like it, a taste. Bailey's Bailey's is a whiskey. Yeah, Bailey's is, is right? a whiskey already. It's basically oh. cream and whiskey. Uh, it's with the like combining of America with the Irish. <laughs> yeah, it it, it 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 looks like honestly, <laughs> and it was aptly named. So drink yes. this. Yeah. Uh, and uh, don't stab anyone. Is yeah. that stay away from axes? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, there's no, no there's no real history to this drink because it just <laughs> it just made it up on Pinterest, you guys. And sometimes yeah. that's sometimes we're just like, hey, if you're not filming ghost videos, then go over to Pinterest <laughs> and make up a drink because we yeah. love you. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, check it out. We'll put the recipe up and uh, we'll make it and we'll drink it uh, on a warm winter's eve. Yes. After yeah, do you have any uh, interesting facts? The, the doctor sleep. Uh, yes, I do. Okay, so I got very much into like when I was watching this, even before we did, because I watched this and then thought we should do an episode on it. Um, so I was going very down the rabbit hole on this whole imaginary friend of Tony that lives yeah. in Danny's mouth. Gross. <sighs> so <laughs> in I think IMDb they sort of say that it's danny's adult self speaking to him from the future okay but i then have not seen anything i don't know if that's in the book and then in the doctor sleep film sorry spoilers um so because it's him as an adult he actually says it's just a way for him to understand what the shining is telling him because he's basically seeing things from the future right right uh so and that's I, the Shining is very confusing, and I'm not sure like exactly how to explain it because obviously it's not p- potentially a real thing. Yeah, um, <laughs> the Shining isn't that? I, yeah, like uh, they, the Simpsons <laughs> do an episode of it where Willie the <laughs> like the janitor oh, Willie. Yeah, yeah. He always goes, "Oh, Bart, you've got the Shining." Um. <laughs> so, anyways, he yeah, like it. I it look into it, but that's. I, I think it's just a, kind of in the same way that you talked about the dissociative thing. It's a way of him being able to, like as a child, understand so like what is happening, what is he seeing. It's his friend that's telling him this rather than some like supernatural force. So that makes yeah. more sense to me. I yes. Suppose. Otherwise, um, yeah, he has multiple personalities. <laughs> Otherwise... This kid's in deep trouble because his dad was a real Dankosaurus. Uh-huh. Um, the Hotel Boiler, which gets featured quite a bit in the film, uh, but then not nothing happens to it. So in the book, it blows up. 
Right. But not in the film. So that kind of makes more sense. Um, and then because Dr. Sleep is based, this is the sequel, sorry, the it is based on uh, the novel that Stephen King wrote. So he would have continued from his novel where the boiler broke, blew up. But the film, this is kind of confusing, I'm sorry. Uh, the film is actually based on a sequel to The Shining film. So the boiler blows up, spoiler, at the end of Dr. Sleep and is still there at the beginning when that when he goes back. So right. anyways, the boiler does come back because my husband kept being like, what is going on with the boiler? I'm like, oh. Okay. <laughs> He's like, nothing know. happens. It feels like it's a character that we're supposed to be aware of. I'm like, <laughs> Oh also, God, did you know this? And I hope I'm not blowing one of your facts, but d- hmm. there's a British version and an uh, and an American version. What? Yeah, and they're different. There's like slight differences in each one. Oh, like a British cut of yep. the film. Yeah. Oh. So there's like there's slight differences in that cut, and there's just like some things that happen that don't. There's like a bigger scene with uh, um, Danny at the at the doctor and talking about different things and uh, there's like a whole big lead oh. into that so it's like there's just a slight slight differences mm. so that maybe makes more sense with the boiler thing then yeah i mean it might have happened in the british cut um speaking of there was actually an epilogue uh to this film originally okay. where the manager comes to see wendy in the hospital and he says to her that they couldn't find anything of any evidence of anything out of the ordinary Interesting. <laughs> so that actually was cut. Like I apparently went to the theater for a weekend and then they cut that part. Right. So if you went to see it like on a Monday and not the Sunday, that would have been not in the film. <laughs> see, there's a million different things where there's like all these different like and then the the remakes and the director's cuts mm-hmm. and Stephen King uh-huh. hating it and redoing yeah. it and the documentaries and like there's so many like it seems like it didn't satisfy anybody yeah and i think that that's probably because it's become such a cult classic too right and yes that's so there's always going to be things where people are just like I, that didn't turn out quite the way i wanted it to mm-hmm. or i want to mm-hmm. see different versions or thank god he didn't get to redo it like freaking george lucas with the star wars stuff oh god the pre thing and the (laughs) oh my Um, god so actually a little spooky spooky fact uh towards the end of shooting a fire broke out on set and destroyed multiple sets including i think the lobby where he writes oh it was never discovered what caused the fire but perchance it was the set perchance i'm uh, 400 years old um <laughs> it was like the thousands of lights that he had set up oh my to god like, yeah so who knows um he's also like, he's like i was operating a bunsen burner to warm up <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> i took it over relevant and, uh... to the film in this way <laughs> yeah. uh, uh 2016 an interview with dr phil Ooh. I have some weird feelings about Dr. Phil, but okay, I was wondering when that was going to come up. I, I, we, I it was in the uh, the uh, the teaser at the beginning, and I was like, what yeah. was yeah. <laughs> What's it? So Tell take this with that. a grain of salt, because it's Dr. Phil, and a lot of that stuff is uh, manufactured for his show. But anyways, Shelley Duvall was on, uh, who played Wendy, and she said that the bullying from director Stanley Kubrick, including the 
like he kind of just treated her like shit apparently to get she believes it was to get her character to be this like wailing crying screaming thing uh i don't i don't really think that was a great idea in retrospect but whatever (laughs) um and also the punishing shooting schedule which is six days a week for 16 hours a day likely caused her permanent psychological damage Oh my Which God. that I believe. I just don't know why you go on Dr. Phil to talk about that. I don't know. <laughs> well, also just like 20 years later. You're just... But the thing is, people don't know this is, turns out you can't scream into people's faces and break them mm-hmm. without any what? repercussions. You're supposed to be acting. This isn't like the whole thing with method acting. You're like, that's not, I think this is, I'm stealing this from Anthony Hopkins, but he's like, that's not acting. <laughs> like... <laughs> That's insanity. That's but yeah. that's multiple personality disorder. Yeah. <laughs> that's you now identifying with a new personality you didn't have exactly. before. There are yeah. so many actors Ooh. that that claim this is a, a major problem for them when they like go into this world. It's like mm-hmm. and I can see like what they talked about that with the Dark Knight of Batman. Yeah. Like it was like Heath Ledger and Christian Slater and all that, right? Christian, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Christian Slater's only ever played himself. I love oh. him so much. Oh, do you? Okay. He's in a Dr. Death. But um, Christian Bale, yeah, like he, because he's one of those people that, yeah, like he constantly is losing tons of weight, like going down to 60 pounds or something to be this character. And God. It's not good for you. I've just, just started. Just act. I'm just, no, I'm just doing, I'm just, I'm <laughs> just starting the, in this acting world and I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> It turns out quite a ton to it. I, I'm like, yes. yeah, I'll say whatever you want me to say. They're like, that's actually not it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Apparently you must become the character. You must be one with the character. Well, one thing they do, they did say in my beginning acting classes, which have been very helpful, is just mm-hmm. familiarizing yourself so much with the um, context and, and content as well, like of what's happening. Like, yeah. Like knowing that character so well that you now know how they would say something or respond to something. And then the dialogue becomes uh, just a natural reaction to what's being said. So it's right. not you just memorizing lines and shooting them out your asshole. It's just you understanding where that character is coming from and being able to, you're acting like that character. Become that. <laughs> but yeah, like how yeah. that line between the two is like obviously very uh, faint. I think so. so. And I think a lot of people would obviously be like, there's some artists that just paint pictures and mm-hmm. then sell them. And then there's other artists that cut off their ears. <laughs> I think it was so, his earlobe, technically. Yeah. Well, oh boy, you are a stickler <laughs> for detail. Um, Sorry. <laughs> you're like, actually, um, it was 174239.472, the equivalent of pi um, times the thousandth <laughs> degree of. I mean, like there's times when I have to when I'm doing like a scene like a death scene I'm writing a death scene or I'm writing a really emotional scene you kind of have to get into that and I can imagine like I write a scene it takes me like an hour maybe two three hours or whatever then I get up I'm sad and probably have to you know do some mending for the rest of the day if you're doing that six days a week for 16 hours a day yeah I, I think, yeah, you're that. right. I think it's, you know, you get in that realm. You get in that world. But I just don't understand why Stanley Kubrick had to be an asshole about it. Yeah, I don't get That's screaming just... at people. It's not my no. And I don't, that character does not, I don't identify with her at all. And it's, she comes very annoying at the end. 
they're just to me it's and it's and... i can't stand when anyone wails like incomprehensibly mm-hmm. at, at anything in real life in movies or in it's just never how i would react yeah. also just like making women hysterical is a pet peeve of mine because it's just like it's not... this bitch could shut her mouth like for sure this is just a man's idea of how a woman would react in this situation and like, i think like and yeah and like stephen king had said like because he has generally fairly positive female um roles in mm-hmm. his books um that's one of his big criticisms he's i think i can't remember what the exact quote was but you know he turned her into just like a this thing that's screaming and that yeah. is like she doesn't become a character anymore at the end and well, that was she's very... a mother and she's a wife and she's taking care of her family and then she's just reduced to just like wailing yeah, and and like running like weird and <laughs> swinging a bat seven thousand times. Like, I yeah, it's it it that really kind of took it out. That was the one thing that really noted. I think this time watching it through, that I was like, that's a weird, weird change. That I think there's a no, thing doesn't too that... add anything to it. No, I'm starting to like notice uh, as I mature and as <laughs> I leave a very masculine. Uh, world uh, behind which was being in the trades and and that kind of thing i'm Mm -hmm. starting to just be like i really notice now when women are painted as stupid or hysterical Mm -hmm. or it 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 bothers me a lot more because i think when i was in that world i was just like yeah that's how bitches do because i was surrounded by men all the time right well i was starting rival that's like you had to do your dissociative i did um, i almost created a new version of me to just yeah. be able to thrive in that atmosphere where I Absolutely. started, be- I started being like, oh yeah, like, oh, you don't, yeah, you wouldn't want somebody coming around here crying and bitching all day long. And you're just like, wait a minute, who are you talking about? <laughs> like, cause I don't really know a lot of women like that. So it's mm-hmm. like, so now when I notice it in film and when I notice it in like literature and I'm starting, I'm, I'm like, oh, you just like took like men who sit and talk about how much women annoy them all day long, which they do. Yeah. Uh, but then you ask them just like, oh, what's your favorite? Like, what do you like? Oh, I really just like my wife and kids. It's like, oh, so you really don't, this is lore you've created about yeah. how the hatred yeah. of women and yeah. all these things that they do and how they act. And it's like, oh, like, does your wife act like that? No. Do your sisters act like that? No. It's like, well, then who are you talking about? And I think kind of actually what you, what you said at the very beginning, um, interestingly, like the, whether this is a psychological film or a horror film yeah most it's one of the strongest female character genres if not the only one uh there's always very strong female characters in horror films and so this does not fit in with that um that that i don't want to call it a trope because i don't think it is uh, but in that world i suppose well, that's it. Gavel has been has connected with the podium. Past I the, past the I am law. declaring it a psychological thriller. You there heard you it go. here. Yeah, uh, that's um, that. Yeah, is that all you got? That's all I got. That's all I got. Yeah, you guys. Uh, thank you very much for listening. As always, uh, we love doing this. We love that you listen. We're very grateful for you. It was just uh, Canadian Thanksgiving. Uh, so mm-hmm. in that uh, sentiment, we're thankful and we're grateful for your uh, listenership and your patronage. Uh, we hope to see you next episode. 
Thanks, guys.